Hello, and welcome to episode 537 of the official EstablishTheRun.com podcast. My name is Adam Levitan, as always, joined by Evan Silva. And NFL free agency is slowing down as most, not all, but most of the guys we care about have now found homes. Evan, how's it going today? It, it could be going better. You know, the both of our teams got bounced in the um, in the college basketball tournament uh, in not in fun fashion. Uh, you know, Marquette's best player got got injured and did like nothing in the game. Was like an actual liability on the court. And I know Penn State was winning late against Texas. Mm-hmm. Wound up choking it away. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is not yet officially a Jet. DeAndre Hopkins is still a Cardinal. We've got some movement that we are, we are anticipating happening that has not happened yet. Uh, but absolutely, free agency has slowed down considerably. Yeah, the guys that I think we're still waiting on include the guys Evan said, and then also uh, McCole Hardman, uh, Odell Beckham, Kareem Hunt, I think uh, could make an impact somewhere. So we'll have an eye on that. On today's show, we're going to discuss and examine the free agent moves that happened since we last recorded. We last recorded Thursday, March 16th. Today, we we are recording Tuesday, March 21st, around 2 p.m., Eastern. So we'll talk about the moves that have happened since the 16th, what it means for both fantasy and real life. At the end of this show, stay tuned. We will rank our five biggest fantasy winners of free agency so far. Before we get into it, want to remind everyone that major season is coming up in golf. Masters starts April 6th. Our golf product includes the industry's best projections for golf, best ownership projections, also live shows and articles from our team. You can check out the details in the golf tab on the site if you're getting set for the Masters. Also, reminder that best ball season never stops. Our friends at Underdog have already launched the big board, that million-dollar tournament for the 2023 season. Our rankings for that are up and adjusting for everything that we talk about today. We also pushed a big Dynasty update this week. Also, if you're a Dynasty bro, you want to check out the rankings. Those are updated now. Anyways, for the Underdog big board, if you don't have an account yet, use promo code ETR at underdogfantasy.com. They'll give you a $100 matching sign-up bonus. That's promo code ETR at underdogfantasy.com. Oh, and for the golf bros out there, there is majors only best ball on underdog as well. Big tournament there, 100K to first. Our rankings for that tournament are live on the golf tab as well. All right, let's start with a trade here, Evan. Brandon Cooks goes from the Texans to the Cowboys in exchange for a couple late round picks. Texans will also be paying some of Brandon Cooks' salary this season. Now, Brandon Cooks will turn 30 in September. He was bad last season and maybe there's some excuses for why he was bad that we can get into but i think the headline here is that the cowboys realized they screwed up letting amari cooper go they realized michael gallup maybe overpaid and not the same player he was pre-acl and maybe not good enough period and they desperately desperately need to upgrade at wide receiver and so they try to correct their error by making this trade for brandon cooks what do you think about the deal and how much brandon cooks has left in the tank for the cowboys yeah, he's a player that, you know, I don't know. I'm tempted to give him a pass for last year. He was really good the year before. The quarterback play in Houston was really problematic. We know that he was disgruntled last year to the extent that it almost seemed like he quit on the team. Definitely. To an extent. And um, they couldn't trade him because his contract was just like highly preventative. Um, he's what, 29, 30, you know, in that range at this point. Uh, but I, I think he's definitely a guy that the Cowboys were smart to take a swing on because, again, this free agent wide receiver market, the, the incoming college wide receivers, just not impressive in either case. 
So they needed to go out and get somebody. We knew that. And I, I think that he's worth taking a swing on. Absolutely. We're, we're going to see Michael Gallup and Brandon Cooks play on the outside in Dallas and C.D. Lamb, of course, their power slot receiver. Yeah, and we'll get to Dalton Schultz here in a second, but you're opening up a bunch of targets as well with Dalton Schultz departing and getting replaced by Brandon Cooks to soak up those targets. I'm also tempted to give Brandon Cooks a pass for last year, mostly because he was mega tilted at the organization. Like, he was pissed. He didn't want to be there. They didn't trade him. The quarterback play was awful. Like Evan said, the offense was awful. I thought Brandon Cooks was, like, totally checked out, and it wasn't like he quit on the team. He literally quit on the team. He didn't show up for like two games. He was just like personal, unexcused, like excused absence, personal, didn't play in a couple games. And I only remember that vividly because I was playing Nico Collins a bunch on DraftKings. We can get to him in a second here. We get some more of the Texans moves. But yeah, you know, I I think the Cowboys are going to try to be a run heavy defensive oriented team. But with Cooks, Gallup and CD, you know, I think it's it's reasonable. It does leave them. Uh, a bit thin at tight end, and we'll get to the Dalton Schultz stuff in a second here. Jake Ferguson and Peyton Hendershot will be the tight ends as it stands right now for the Cowboys. I wouldn't expect them to be big target earners, and so I can see us having a pretty good target projection here for Brandon Cooks for the full season. Let's go to the Bills' decision at running back. And so Devin Singletary, they let walk in free agency. They turn around and sign Damian Harris intra-division to a one-year deal. Now, I think it's a good upgrade from a scheme perspective and from like a a fit perspective. Damian Harris is a bit bigger than Devin Singletary. He runs a bit stronger, which to me is the right complement to James Cook if you're trying to build a balanced backfield, a balanced real-life team. From a fantasy perspective, it's more interesting. But first, Devin, what did you think of the Bills signing Damian Harris to a one-year deal? Uh, I thought it was really smart. I think that he's definitely an upgrade as a runner over Devin Singletary. And now they'll have this one-two punch. Damian Harris, as I think he he should project as the carry leader and the goal line back. And then James Cook coming in in obvious passing situations. I think they're ready to go at, at RB. I don't think they have to do anything else. Uh, and I think that it because Ramondre was just he just had reached the point where he's outplaying Damian Harris in New England I actually think it's a good pretty good landing spot for Damian Harris of course you know any running back in Buffalo has to deal with the Josh Allen factor especially in scoring position but I I think that this was a a nice little landing spot for Damian Harris and um, I think he's going to be you know an RB2 flex option in 2023 yeah I might be a little bit less high on Damian Harris than you, and I don't know what the market's going to think of Damian Harris. ADP has not fully adjusted yet. We have him in the 130s right now overall. You know, it's a problem when you're a big back for Buffalo because like Evan said, Josh Allen's going to steal so many of those goal line carries, and Damian Harris isn't going to play in the pass game, and this is a team that could throw the ball in any given game on like 80% of their offensive plays. And so when you get into spots like that where you don't catch the ball, for a throw heavy team and you're not likely to get rushing touchdowns. I think it's really hard to score fantasy points. Now, if it sticks around that 130, 140 range in terms of ADP, yeah, I'm in on Damian Harris. If it starts to get into the top 100, I would certainly be out on Damian Harris. And yeah, maybe this knocks James Cook's uh, uh, ADP down a little bit. And, and I like being on James Cook as just a bet on talent, bet on pass catcher guys. So we'll see how the market shakes out there. We are launching Market Monday podcast. For those of you guys who've been listening since last year, uh, do the Market Monday podcast leading up to the season. Going to start a little bit earlier this year for our best ball bros. And so first episode of Market Monday will be this coming Monday. 
Let's go to the Texan stuff. So they made two signings here. Dalton Schultz, the Texans on a one-year deal up to $9 million. Devin Singletary on a one-year deal up to $3.75 million. Let's start with Dalton Schultz. I thought Dalton Schultz could have gotten more, man, especially given the, the state of the wide receiver position in terms of free agency in the draft. I thought Dalton Schultz is a pass-catching, good, good pass-catching tight end. He could have gotten $12 million, $13 million. I was surprised that the Texans got him for one year up to $9 million. I, I mean, I guess it's something he had to take, or maybe he wants to try to go to Houston and go nuts. That strikes me as somewhat unlikely given their quarterback situation and their overall offensive situation. But yeah, what do you think of Dalton Schultz to the Texans? I think it's just, it's okay. Uh, I think that he'll be in the tight end eight to 12 range. Uh, when we, when we do our rankings and when the, you know, all, all that stuff comes in, um, I mean, I don't know. We could sit here and say, I, 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 we, we don't know who their quarterback's going to be yet. My guess is it'll be Bryce Young, maybe. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think that CJ Stroud is like the heavy favorite to go number one to the Panthers. Um, but I, I don't, I think that there's still a lot to, to be, you know, TBD in Houston. Um, their three receiver right now, their three receiver set right now projects as like Nico Collins, Robert Woods, and Noah Brown. Not really, not super impressive. Maybe they'll get back John Mechie. I'm not, I'm not sure that 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 is TBD. Um, so I don't know. I, I think a, a lot of stuff like is yet to play out here. Uh, uh, I, I think that Damian Pierce is just way more talented than Devin Singletary. So I would expect Devin Singletary to maybe be like a change of pace back or a clear number two, um, and then Damian Pierce to remain like the every down back in Houston. Yeah, I, I mean, from the pass catching perspective, whatever quarterback they get, whether it's a Bryce Young or CJ Stroud slips to them or Anthony Richardson or Will Levis or, or whoever it is, Robert Woods, Nico Collins, Noah Brown, Dalton Schultz, it's not like an mm-hmm. explosive pass game offense. Like they're not going to be getting much help after the catch and stuff like that from their pass catchers. So yeah, it's just kind of a boring type of move. The running back situation, like Evan mentioned, I think is interesting. I think this is good news. The Singletary signing is actually good news for Damian Pierce. If the Texans would have used a top three round pick on a running back, to me, that would have been stiffer competition than what Devin Singletary presents to Damian Pierce. I know Evan is high on Damian Pierce's natural talent for a while last year. He looked like he was just absolutely shredding people really, really Mm -hmm. slowed down. you know, Devin Singletary can be a change of pace back. And honestly, like part of the reason Damian Pierce was valuable for a lot of last year in fantasy was he was getting 90, 95, sometimes 100% of the running back touches for his team. I don't think that'll be the case with Singletary, but we knew they were going to add someone. And I think Devin Singletary is like not a best case scenario, but probably a better case scenario than a top three round pick. So yeah, any more thoughts on Damian Pierce as we head to next year? No, just I, I I feel pretty good about him. I mean, I feel I pr- feel pretty good about his project his trajectory. I think that the Texans are going to be a better team. I don't think they're going to be real good or anything like that. Okay, but I think that the arrow is moving up on them, and I think that that will help him. Um, they, I think that their offensive line uh, looks a little bit more impressive. I, I I like the move that they made to go acquire Shaq Mason. Uh, so, just feeling good about Damian Pierce. I wanted to talk a little bit more about the fallout of Dalton Schultz leaving Dallas, Mm -hmm. the two tight ends that you mentioned, Jake Ferguson, a fourth round pick in 2022 out of Wisconsin. 
and Peyton Hendershot, a dude who they just stole as a college free agent out of Indiana, really good athlete, ran sub 4-8 coming out of college, um, and also had a 6-9 three-cone, which is incredible for a tight end. Uh, those guys are like interesting in dynasty mm-hmm. and also have a chance to be factors in um, uh, in redraft as well. I think that Jake Ferguson projects as like the Y inline tight end. He'll end up playing a ton of snaps. And then Peyton Hendershot, more of like the receiving tight, you know, number two receiving tight end. That's assuming that they don't, you know, go use a high pick on a on a tight end because this is a really good tight end draft class. Yep. But the way that it looks right now, these guys are, you know, names to keep in mind at the very least. Yeah, for sure. My first thought was those guys would be good for showdown slates in, in DFS because like these tight ends catch a touchdown, and you break a, a showdown slate. I'm not sure the volume will be there for those guys. But yeah, we'll be talking about some of these like tight end three options in three tight end builds for best ball. And I could certainly see those guys getting into the mix there. Let's go to Adam Thielen. This one surprised me, man. Adam Thielen to the Panthers, three-year deal. Three years, 25 million with 14 million guaranteed. It's effectively like two years, 18.25 million is what the deal actually is. This guy turns 33, 33 in August. His yards per route run has gone down each of the last five years. You know, in 2018, it was 2.10, then 2.08, then 1.86, 1.63. And last year, 1.08, which is truly, truly horrific. Now you can say his yards per route run is going down because Justin Jefferson is soaking up so much. And TJ Hawkinson was soaking up so much. I mean, that's part of it. Earning targets. You're you're less capable of earning targets as your skills diminish. and You're not able to get open as easily. So... I don't know, man. feels like the Panthers are just like grasping at straws to me. And whoever they take at number one, if Adam Thielen's going to be like your number one receiver, you're asking so much out of your quarterback. What do you think of Adam Thielen to the Panthers? I think that monetarily he benefited from the weakness of the the free agent wide receiver and, and, and college uh, incoming prospects, uh, like just the, the weakness of the wide receiver market across the board. Um and I also think that Carolina felt desperate. We talked about it on uh, our, our last series of podcasts where their pass catcher core is just, I mean, yeah. LaVisca Chenault, Terrace Marshall. Terrace Marshall. Jeez, yeah. um, they got Preston Williams. You remember him from Miami? They went out, they signed Hayden Hurst. I mean, they're just kind of throwing stuff at, at the wall and hoping it sticks. They do have a lot of money. You know, and they can afford to go overpay a guy. I think that's what they did here. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I don't. I'm not expecting big things out of Adam Thielen in Carolina. He had an awesome career. Okay, awesome career, but he's clearly deep into the back nine of that. Um, my instinct is that DJ Chark's agent kind of played this out somewhat perfectly because teams have money and they're desperate for wide mm-hmm. receiver help, and DJ Chark is like the best one available. I could see the Panthers dumping a bunch of money on DJ Chark here, more money than maybe uh, it was originally expected on him. But yeah, you know, I hope they get whoever they take the number one pick some more weapons. When, you know, when you give up on CMC and you give up on DJ Moore, you know, the cupboard is bare and replacing with 33-year-old Adam Thielen, I would say it's not going to work out if he, he tries to be the number one wide receiver. Speaking of not working out, I still don't understand why the Dolphins franchise tagged Mike Jasicki last year. I mean, they clearly had no intention of using him. He just didn't fit the Mike McDaniel scheme. Patriots, however, very well known for using tight ends in the past game. Mike Jasicki to the Patriots on a one-year $9 million deal. Patriots is also pretty desperate 
for weapons. And so I think Jasicki is a nice fit there. He does play best in the slot where Juju Smith-Schuster is and where Hunter Henry is still there also. But they just need guys who can catch the football and Mike Jasicki can catch it. He's not very physical. He's not very good after the catch. He can't really move laterally that well. But man, you know, he can get vertical and make plays. So I thought it was kind of a low upside, uh, low uh, risk deal for the Patriots one year, 9 million Mike Jasicki. What do you think about his impact on New England this year? Yeah, and I think that when, you know, the people that look at the contract looked at it, it, it it's not, it's like not even close to 9 million. I yeah. think it's more around like five, four and a half or 5 million. Um, you know, he's going to go to New England and, and you know, he's going to play behind Hunter Henry, I think. So from a fantasy perspective, I'm not real excited. I think that his upside is just be like a role player mm-hmm. in New England. Not the greatest fantasy landing spot. Um, probably would need Hunter Henry to get injured to become a fantasy factor. Yeah, we, we have just like 165th overall right now, you know, kind of down there with Juwan Johnson and Gerald Everett and guys like that. I, I think that's right. And yeah, you know, people were, I, you know, I called Jacoby Myers a winner from free agency and people are like, what do you mean? He's a winner. He's not, you know, he's going to be behind Devontae Adams. Just getting away from New England's pass game to me is is a win. And so Mike just to keep going there, I think isn't great, but yeah. Interesting one there for sure. Let's go to the Bears. So we know they let Dave Montgomery go. We know they like Cleo Herbert. I think we all like Cleo Herbert. We also like Dante Foreman though. And so they add Dante Foreman on a one-year $3 million deal. Dante Foreman, of course, made it back from the Achilles tear. And I thought played really well last year. 17 games he was healthy for. 4.5 yards per carry for a pretty broken Carolina offense. I think the question people want to know here, Evan, is what will the split be? between Khalil Herbert and Deontay Foreman here in Chicago with Justin Fields? Yeah, that's a good question. I love this signing from a real-life standpoint. I mean, I, Deontay Foreman can run the rock. I mean, you know, he gives you that option to be that finisher. Um, he had one, two, three, four, five 100-yard games last year. Um you know, and, and he was playing in a rotation with Chuba Hubbard. So, you know, he has the ability, like, to give you that that option of, of, you know, running the rock, like, 20, 23 times, you know, in a given game. Uh, and they're the, – and the Bears are they're, – they're, they're built to run the ball. I mean, they, they are. You know, they were, like, the run-heaviest team in the NFL last year. They're going to open it up more for sure, but they're still going to be one of the run-heaviest run teams in the league. I think they're going to try to be, and Deontay Foreman gives them that that true, you know, early down goal line tone setting back. Um, I, I I did not like this for Khalil Herbert's fantasy outlook. I was really hoping that he could be like the clear one A, and I think that it's actually more likely now that it's like a, an even split, or even that Deontay Foreman might be the favorite for carries. I mean, Deontay Foreman has been really good when he's been healthy the past couple seasons. Yeah, it'll be an interesting battle, I think. And, and I think they'll go with who's ever playing better and whoever wins the job, like a, a merit-based system. My, my concern with these running backs in general, once you start chopping up the carries, is that Justin Fields gets so many carries. I mean, last year mm-hmm. he had 10 carries from inside the five-yard line. He rushed for eight touchdowns overall. He ran it almost 11 times per game. When you start stripping that out from a projection basis, and then you also split the carries between guys like Foreman and Herbert, it's hard to get a good projection on them, but they can spike for ceilings. I did want to submit one thing here, Evan. I'm thinking about 
pivoting from our lions to hashtag our bears. I like what the bears have done. Mm. Nobody's like them for forever. I like the way they've kind of gone for the rebuild here. They got such a great deal from the Panthers, I thought. So I'm still thinking about it, but preliminary could be hashtag our bears this year. We'll see. Yeah. I think with a few, a few exceptions, like the chase Claypool deal, yeah, disaster. Um, that one sticks out, you know, and Ryan Pulse has made a ton of moves yeah. since he's taken over as GM. And I like like 85% of them. Yeah. I, I cannot li- living in, you know, the Chicago area. Like I cannot become a bears fan. Like that would be so lame. Um, but I, I, ha- I have to admit that I like what he's doing. Um, and they have a ton of draft picks. They actually still have a ton of money too. Yeah. So, and, and they could even, if they don't en- end up spending it because this is a free, you know, weak free agent class and it's kind of eroding because, you know, a lot of the top town has been taken, like they can roll that over to next year. So they're, they're in a, in a pretty good spot. They, they need to move the F out of soldier field though. And they need to get to Arlington Heights and, and build a, a, a retractable roof stadium. But I don't, I don't want to go off on a tangent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, some smaller ones here to go through quickly. Darius Slayton back to the Giants, two years, 12 million. Also Paris Campbell signed with the Giants. I, I think the Giants have done a good job of getting Daniel Jones some more weaponry. Certainly no alphas, no elite, but Darren Waller, Slayton, Paris, hopefully Sterling Shepard gets back. Uh, Isaiah Hodgins, hopefully Wandale Robinson gets back and is good. They got Saquon Barkley. So like the weapons I think are improving. They just don't have any alphas. Any thoughts on Giants pass catchers here as we head into the offseason? Yeah, they're just kind of doing the best they can. Um, And I mean, I, I get it, you know, cheap, you know, reasonably cheap deals for these guys. They've got, you know, a bunch of guys that have played, uh, you know, a, a good number of snaps in the league at this point, which they didn't have for a, a long time or for the vast majority of last season. You know, we're talking about Paris Campbell, Wondell Robinson will be coming back. They re-signed Sterling Shepard. They re-signed Darius Slayton. Isaiah Hodgins is coming back. You know, they trade for Darren Waller. Daniel Bellinger played a lot of snaps last year. Um, they're just doing the, you know, making the most out, out of, you know, what they can do. And it was kind of limited in terms yeah. of what they what they could do. Now, I do think it's a boost a little bit for Daniel Jones. I mean, Daniel Jones is going to be expensive this year, though. Daniel Jones, we have him 96th overall. His current ADP is 102nd overall, kind of right in that Tua, Tua Tagovailoa range. And also Trey Lance is going right around there. So, yeah, he's certainly not cheap or at least as cheap as he was last year, uh, Daniel Jones. Trent Sherfield went to the Bills on a one-year deal. I find it kind of fascinating trying to figure out what the Bills are doing at wide receiver. They release Isaiah McKenzie. They signed Deontay Hardy. They signed Trent Sherfield. Obviously, they have Steph Diggs and Gabe Davis. I still like Khalil Shakir the best, but they've added Hardy. They added, and I thought Hardy looks like a McKenzie replacement, and McKenzie played a ton last year. And also, there's some like Trent Sherfield stands out there. There's some people out there who actually think Trent Sherfield can play. And so they've added a bunch of guys behind Gabe and digs any takes on Sherfield or how all this stuff's going to shake out for the bills. Yeah. You know, I, I think that Kyle Shanahan actually kind of thought that Trent Sherfield could play. You remember for a while he was playing him over Ayuk. Now that could have been like a motivational tactic to yeah. an extent, but Trent Sherfield, I mean, I think he had like 30 catches for almost 500 yards last year in Miami. He made some plays mm-hmm. and um, I thought that this was a really interesting signing. If they give him, if the bills give him a legitimate chance, I think he could end up being like, you know, a, a, an inconsistent, but, you know, a guy who kind of pops up 
every every few games or so. Um, yeah. You know, Gabe Davis did not tear the cover off in, in a major opportunity last year. And um, yeah, I would I would agree with you that on Deontay Hardy, who by the way he's five seven, okay, but he he's really good with the ball in his hands. I mean, this is a guy who was like the best return man in the league right. when he was a rookie, and um, I I really like that move. I think that he has a a definite chance to be an upgrade on as on Isaiah McKenzie. Yeah, I, I do think that Gabe Davis will still play every snap. I, it, to me, it's interesting. It, what the rotation will be like between these other guys. And that's something I think we'll be watching throughout the summer. Shakir versus Sherfield versus Hardy and how all these guys are going to be used just because the Bills throw so much and, and they're in three and four wide receiver sets so much. So it's still very, very interesting. Mac Hollins to the Falcons on a one-year deal. Not a big deal, you know, likely the number two wide receiver opposite Drake London. But really, we know the number two guy should be Kyle Pitts. They also have Johnny Smith now. It's just another big, tall wide receiver in Mac Hollins to the Falcons here. I don't think this is much of an impact, but do you have any reaction to the Mac Hollins one year to Atlanta? I would just say that it fits the, uh, the, the Arthur Smith profile. Arthur Smith loves to pound the rock, you know, and they still have a major question at the quarterback position. Um, and Mac Hollins can block. He's, he's, you know, a big physical, he's like six, four to uh, two twenty, uh, and he can get out there and block on the perimeter. So, I have extremely low box score expectations for Matt Collins. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, I, I, but I think it makes sense from a real life standpoint. Last one here uh, for all my XFL bros out there. Donald Parham remains in the NFL. Uh, Donald Parham goes back to the chargers. Looks like something around two years, 2.7 million, just depth behind Gerald Everett. And I think they still have Trey McKitty as well but yeah before that like really severe concussion it felt like donald parham was coming on and maybe i just have rose colored glasses on because i've loved donald parham ever since he played for dallas in the xfl right before the pandemic but yeah mm-hmm. um i think donald parham has a chance to make plays if he can sustain health for this team it's just very very crowded there mm-hmm. which is the issue but yeah. it's crowded in these guys and trent Sherfield kind of fits into the same box too and we talk about it you know, from time to time, like these guys that are undrafted or, you know, go late in the seventh round, they're just net. It's just really hard for them to ever get like a sustained opportunity because the teams didn't invest in them. You know, they didn't have to invest almost anything in them. And that's just how it kind of works in the NFL. I mean, it's really hard for the UDFAs and the, and the seventh round picks to get extended opportunities. Yeah. I mean, even Austin Eckler, his, he's, yeah. if he would have been drafted in like the third round, he'd already have made like 50 million plus instead, you know, um, he's not because his first contract, he made like no money and then he had to accept a raise, which turned out to be under market. But anyways, I digress. All right. Before we get out of here, a lot of people have asked us, uh, for a quick synopsis, in other words, you haven't been paying attention that much. You just want a quick synopsis. Who are the biggest fantasy winners of free agency so far? And I'm not going to mention Garrett Wilson here because the Aaron Rodgers deal is not done yet. But once that is done, Garrett Wilson, clearly a big winner, just getting a big quarterback upgrade. But anyways, actual winners from free agency. Top five here. I'll read them off the mine off here, Evan. You can feel free to disagree wherever you see. Number five, I would say Darren Waller. We have Darren Waller 91st overall right now. Just the target competition Mm -hmm. is going to be so much lighter for him in New York than it was in Las Vegas. So I think Darren Waller comes in at number five there for me. He's right in that like Evan Ingram range 
uh, for us at yeah. tight end. And he's been a little bit enigmatic over the last couple seasons. You know, feels like a little bit of an underachiever mm -hmm. uh, just in terms of his talent. But he goes to the Giants, and he's clearly right now the most talented pass catcher on that team. So, yes, I would agree that he's a winner. Number four in the winners, Ramondre Stevenson. We have him 31st overall right now, just ahead of Travis Etienne, just behind those Nick Chubb and Josh Jacobs types. We talked about it a little bit already today. Damian Harris is gone, replaced with James Robinson. Now, there's plenty of rumors out there that the Patriots could use a draft pick or a high draft pick on a running back. That would be absolutely stone-cold, donkey-foolish to <laughs> me when you have Ramondre Stevenson. You need so many players explosive players like the Patriots do in terms of pass catchers. So I think that they're going to pass a running back. I hope they pass a running back. But yeah, Ramondre Stevenson just earned the job over Damian Harris. And James Robinson is a guy who was given up on by the Jets, was given up on by the Jaguars, did not get very much money from the Patriots. And so this is Ramondre Stevenson's backfield now. Yeah. And I mean, they drafted two running backs last year. Yeah. So I'm optimistic that, you know, we're not going to see Ramondre Stevenson face any more stiff comp competition. Number three biggest winners in free agency from a fantasy perspective, Rashad Penny. We have him 112th overall, kind of in that A.J. Dillon, uh, Jamal Williams range. I I'm personally tempted to have him higher than that. I know the contract is really bad. And you could look at the contract two ways. You know, you could say, listen, he has like no guaranteed money. They can cut him. He might not even make the team. On the other hand, he's so cheap. As long as he's healthy, why, why would they cut him? I, I mean, why would you cut a guy who's making such little money and has as much talent as Rashad Penny has? And it's a team fit. Like, he fits so well in their scheme. And it's a team need after they let Miles Sanders go. So I, I'm tempted to be more aggressive than we generally are as a company right now on Rashad Penny. But yeah, number three biggest winner there, Rashad Penny. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean... He's he's going to face you know competition in, in Philadelphia for work. Absolutely, Boston Scott is back. Kenneth Gainwell, I think the trajectory is up on him. You know, the, I think the Eagles like love that guy. I mean, yeah. sometimes they they you know they would play him a lot last season uh, in, in specific games. So it, it's not a, a clear runway for Rashad Penny, but no, but I think he's still the best runner on the team. And man, that that team can absolutely run the rock. Jason Kelsey's coming back. I mean, yeah. You know, they're going to make another run at this thing. Uh, the Kelsey brothers have a podcast, by the way, for you guys who haven't haven't heard it. Really and they actually good. talked about the uh, Boston Scott Giants thing. And Jason Travis asked Jason, do you think Eagles coaches go out of their way to get Boston Scott touchdowns against the Giants just because that's the narrative and it's fun and it's funny? And Jason Kelsey was like, yes, 100%. I think, I think they do go out of their way to get Boston Scott touchdowns against the Giants so take that for what it's worth I don't know if it's true or not but yeah podcast is cool if you guys haven't checked it, it out it's great um I would like to know the reasoning behind that is yeah. there some, like, what, what, like why man why he, he he went on to say that like coaches or players believe that certain players match up with certain mm. teams or certain defenses and maybe they think Boston Scott matches up at the goal line well against the Giants I mean I, I think it's irrelevant like Miles Sanders would get in there just as well as Boston Scott would but mm -hmm. what do I know yeah well, you know, I mean, the Giants have like some really big dudes up in the trenches, and Boston Scott is like kind of small and slippery. I don't know. Now, now we're really getting getting into the narratives and the speculation. Number two biggest winner in fantasy from free agency is David Montgomery. Um, you know, when you play for Chicago, it's hard to score a lot of rushing touchdowns because the offense isn't very efficient, and Justin Fields steals so many 
rushing touchdowns and goal line opportunities. The Lions, however, have such a good offense and such a good offensive line and their quarterback, Jared Goff, does not run at all. And so that's how you get Jamal Williams scoring 17 freaking rushing touchdowns in a single year. Not that David Montgomery is going to score 17 rushing touchdowns, but we have a 66th overall lap now. We would have had him way lower than that on Chicago. David Montgomery we have right now kind of around Najee Harris, a little behind Najee Harris and Aaron Jones. I mean, he's going to have major opportunity. And like we've talked about, I just don't think the team likes DeAndre Swift. And so if DeAndre Swift touches the ball seven, eight times a game, that leaves a ton for David Montgomery and a ton of valuable touches. So pretty big winner, I think, is David Montgomery. Agree. And I think we also agree that the Lions have just kind of, you know, their diagnosis of of DeAndre Swift as a player is that he's like a change of pace back. Yeah. Um, and so David Montgomery, I think, definitely projects as the lead back there. Lions are bringing back all five starters on the offensive line and a bunch of key reserves. And they just re-signed Graham Glasgow, uh, who used to be a starter for them, went to Denver, uh, kind of flamed out as like a big ticket free agent. But, you know, they've got all their starters back and they've got depth on the O-line. And we know that Dan Campbell likes to run the rock. Number one biggest winner to me is a no-brainer. Tony Pollard gets the franchise tag and Ezekiel Elliott gets cut from the Cowboys. I think you can rank Tony Pollard currently anywhere from like 16th to 21st overall. We currently have him just behind Kenneth Walker. We will see what they do. They just added Ronald Jones today. Yeah, I was going to say that just happened. Just happened about 30 minutes ago. They added Ronald Jones, which, you know, We've been down this road with Ronald Jones before. On paper, it seems like he's a good fit. On paper, it seems like he should be able to run the ball between the tackles well for them. Coaches just seem to not like Ronald Jones, and he ends out not playing very much. We'll see if that happens in Dallas. Either way, Tony Pollard is going to be incredibly, incredibly efficient. And ideally, the big difference isn't just his floor, ceiling, and touches, which I think is raised significantly with Zeke gone, but a path to goal line work. I mean, they Ezekiel Elliott got so many fall into the end zone last year hopefully 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 Pollard at least has a path to get that now and so you know I think middle of second round makes sense for Tony Pollard right now any thoughts on Rojo instant reaction I know it just happened have you had a, you haven't had a chance to think about it yet but instant reaction um I you know I I totally agree with your assessment of Ronald Jones because I mean we we know that he can run the rock I mean he's he's like a, a legit NFL caliber quality runner it's just he's so bad at all the other stuff you know the, the ball security never figured out how to pass protect you know um i remember looking at his college profile and even went into his high school history and like the dude has never caught passes at any level uh, of football so yeah i mean he'll be like on the roster bubble they they also re-signed rico dowdle who mm -hmm. if you remember going into last season we kind of heard that the cowboys might have a role for Rico Dowdle. Never even came close to happening, but he's a guy who's been in the organization. And then Malik Davis, who had some moments last year. Uh, but if uh, it, it, I think that, well, you know, there's been some speculation that the Cowboys might draft Bijan Robinson yeah. or something like that, you know, uh, which that would be a problem for Tony Pollard. But right now it, it looks really good for him. Man, I, I would hope that Jerry learned his lesson from the Zeke disaster you know you take Bijan and then you have a cost you use a first round cost controlled pick at the running back position which isn't getting very much money anyways you can get Devontae Foreman for one year three million why right. would you want to waste your cost control pick 
at running back when the market is so depressed. But anyways, that's a story for another day. That is going to do it for this free agency fallout and free agency winners podcast. Appreciate y'all being here. If you're listening on iTunes or any other podcast platform, really appreciate it if you hit the subscribe button. We do have a goal on YouTube of reaching 35,000 subscribers before NFL season kicks off. We'd appreciate it if you head to YouTube, hit the subscribe button there so we can keep bringing you this free content. For Evan, for Bruce and Luke, I'm Adam. Good luck, everybody. Mm-hmm.